healing is a journey and not a destination. And maybe you've heard of this. I feel like we all need to hear this a million times until we really get it. And most importantly, we need to actually experience it in order to understand. And I remember when I started my personal development journey and I would constantly like hope that one day I would just feel good all the time. (laughs) I would just be happy all the time. I wouldn't need to do anything. I would just get there because I would do so much and then I would actually get there. And I met so many people that that was not the case for them, you know, that really shared how every single day they work on themselves, whether it's in their relationships, whether it's in their careers, in their businesses, whatever it is, nothing is always perfect. You can't just choose to be happy. You actually have to do some work to get there. And if you don't, this is just like a little side note. If you don't do the work to get there like if you just go about your life and you just tell yourself everything's good I'm happy I'm smiling I'm just choosing to smile then you will have a lot of coping mechanisms that hide the difficult emotions from happening that hide any trauma that you might have that hide all these feelings that are coming up as a result of unprocessed trauma that you have which every single one of us has And those coping mechanisms can look like overindulging in things or underindulging, you know, not having harmony in your life. So for example, overeating or overworking or, you know, over having fun versus getting shit done or procrastinating everything or drinking or scrolling. I'm purposefully mentioning things that seem okay to us as a society in the beginning versus the things that we think of as addictions because I believe that they're all actually the same in terms of not the behavior itself but kind of the consequences, the results of the behavior which is we are avoiding what's underneath, we are avoiding the emotion and eventually as we continue to avoid it Um, as we continue to engage in these coping mechanisms, what starts to happen is that we might get a physical illness, we might reach some kind of breakdown in our life that seems really random, that seems like, oh, why is this happening to me? I don't understand. And that is an opportunity to heal even deeper, which I feel like very few people choose to do. So There is a cost to this. There is a cost to not living in harmony in your life. And when you don't live in harmony, it's not because you're choosing it. It's because you probably don't have the tools or you're really scared to do healing work. And that makes a lot of sense. I remember feeling that way. And I remember really wanting to do healing work and like being really excited about it. But I had no idea what that actually meant and there were so many layers and it was so overwhelming you know people would say if you want to have the business of your dreams or the relationship of your dreams then you have to heal and I would be like of course and how do I do that right so I would just feel really stuck and I wanted to create this episode for you because I wanted to share with you my 
daily healing routine. <laughs> Sounds kind of funny, but it actually helps me so much to have a routine in place. And then also just a myriad of my favorite tools that I actually use for healing because I want to lay it out for you. I want it to make sense for you. I want it to be clear. And then if you want to dive deeper into these specific tools and practices, I'm going to put a link for my free masterclass where I teach them, you know, deeper and more detailed. It's like a whole hour of really sharing with you how it all works. So let's start with my daily routine. And I will say, first of all, before we actually start, I want to say that, you know, yours might look totally different. The tools that you like might look totally different. And I'm sure that other teachers and coaches and therapists out there probably teach very different tools and practices. And I really want to say that that doesn't mean theirs are bad and mine are good or vice versa. I believe that <clears throat> we all kind of teach what works for us and your role is to really pick up on what works for you and to really try things on and see how they feel for you and then you know either it works or it doesn't and also keep it in mind for the future because sometimes some tools might work really really well once and then not another time or vice versa, like the first time you try. And I'm going to talk about specific cases where this has been the case for me, where I tried something and I knew it was really potent and important and transformational, but it really wasn't time for me to engage in it. And the container wasn't safe and it just, you know, it just didn't work out. But then I tried it again later and it was life changing. So my routine with that caveat, um, it always changes. It changes all the time. And I just want to kind of share the framework of it. And then, of course, you can adapt it to work for you. So when I wake up in the morning, I pretty much give myself about two, even three hours for my routine in the morning before I do anything else. And I know for some of you, it might not work and it might be way too much time and I get that, so I'm just sharing what works for me. I don't have children at the moment, so of course I have this time for myself. I do have a business to run, which is like my child sometimes, <laughs> at times. It's my baby. Um, but you know that's something that really works for me and it's really important for me, so I prioritize my own well-being, my mental health, and my healing in the mornings. And for me, what that looks like is some kind of morning practice, and I'll share like a bunch of practices with you, but it can be a nervous system regulation practice, it can look like breath work, it can look like an emotional healing practice, and in a moment I'm going to share a whole bunch that I really, really like, um, and then after that, I like to exercise and I've really shifted the way that I exercise to actually also fit in with my healing. So my exercises is more like movement and it helps me get into my body. It helps me connect with my body. It helps me tune in and notice, you know, where are there tight places, sore places. And I find that there is such a deep, deep, deep connection between our bodies, like physically in that way, not just internally, but our muscles and our joints and our bones. And 
our past trauma. So I'll give you a really interesting example. I've been struggling with lower back pain for a really long time. And it started because I over-exercised. So I was just exercising in the wrong ways for my body particularly. And the reason that I was doing that was because I had so much sympathetic activation in my system, meaning fight or flight activation in my system that I did not know what to do with. And so I would kind of take that energy out of my body through really, really, really intense workouts to the point where sometimes I felt like almost fainting. Like if I wasn't completely dead after a workout, it didn't count. And when I injured myself, you know, I really had to scale that back. So I had no choice, which was really a gift. And I started to really explore, you know, why my lower back specifically, I started to get curious. Now I'm still exploring this. It is getting better. I definitely can do a lot more things. I can walk around, I can move, I can do my daily movement, but it's not like it's gone. So it's, you know, it's this process, again, of healing. Maybe it will never be gone. Maybe it will kind of be the spot in my body that's always kind of calling for attention um, when I start to move in a way that doesn't serve me. That's possible. So when I started to explore it, I found, with the help of coaches as well, that it is actually my psoas muscle that is really, really, really tight. Now your psoas muscle is actually in charge of fight or flight because it helps you move your legs, it helps you run. And so that made a lot of sense, you know, because I have been in this running mode, this chaos mode, this survival mode for a lot of my life. So it made so much sense. And then the other interesting piece is the reason that I was using my lower back for so many things, you know, as a muscle, like it was helping me move in so many ways, is because my lower abs were really weak and they're getting a lot stronger and I'm seeing that actually my lower back feels better. And it was really interesting because my lower abs, that's a region in my body that carries a lot of trauma, sexual assault trauma and things like that. And it's a place in my body that I really didn't want to feel. It felt numb. And when you activate a muscle, when you exercise a muscle, you feel it, right? So I, you know, this is of course all subconscious. I really didn't want to feel it. And so I avoided that part of my body. And then of course, something had to compensate for that. So I'm sharing this kind of go with the flow in this episode, but I think it's important because it actually shows you how when you have some trauma, whether it's physically in your body, how it shows up, or you know you have past trauma and it shows up in the way that you behave in relationships, in your work, in your, just your daily life, everywhere, literally. That's why I don't say that I work with business owners or with this kind of category because I can honestly support anyone that is willing to look at these things. Uh, When you have that, a part of you, you want to numb it, right? Because it's too much. You don't want to meet that part of you. You don't want to heal that part of you because it feels overwhelming. And then you start to compensate with another part that is potentially destructive. So that is exactly what went on in my body. So that's a really cool example. Anyway, so my morning routine, again, I take 
I would say 30 minutes to an hour or something to do my practices. So just as an example, I'm just going to give you a random example. This is not every day. It literally changes every single day, but I might wake up and notice that my system is like insympathetic. Again, fight or flight. There's a lot of energy going on and that I need to shift more into being regulated, being in ventral vagal. And I might do this breath that I really like called the shh breath where you inhale and just shh out basically. Or I might do a practice called pendulation, which I really, really love. And it helps you shift your attention between constriction and expansion in your body and then allow you to express that impulse that is hidden. So for example, imagining yourself running, that's an impulse. If that all feels like a lot of information, it's okay. This is stuff I learned over like many, many, many years. And again, you can learn about this more in depth in my masterclass, which I'm going to link below. So that I would do that practice and then maybe I would do some breath work uh, just like 10-15 minutes of three-part breath, which is my favorite, one of my favorite kinds of breath work. And it allows you to really bring up emotions that are stored in your body that you have not had access to or you struggle to connect with and to express them. So I would do that. And then I would go into my movement practice, which usually I would do like a lot of slow, deep stretches in the beginning, just on my own with music and breathing really nice and deep and slow. And then I would do some mobility work and then I would do like a more intense active part of my workout for about 30 minutes or so. And that feels like really, really complete and juicy. And then I move on with my day. And then at night... I usually most days I might do a little bit of regulation if I feel dysregulated. So I might do something for like three minutes and then I really, really love yoga nidra. So that's something that I practice very often before bed and it helps me completely relax and release anything that's going on. It's really wonderful. So that's a little bit of how my routine looks like. Now let's talk about healing tools and another important piece which is not part of my daily routine but this is probably one of the most important pieces so the way that I see healing is there's kind of two parts to it one part is just your daily upkeep of your nervous system expressing your emotions just kind of doing like a body check-in okay what's going on what do I need to express and move and how does it work today you know what way do I want to choose to express and move today that's one part of it. That's the daily, right? Because if our stress levels get really, really high, we actually go into overwhelm, freeze, and shut down, which is really hard to come down from. So that's why I really practice this kind of upkeep throughout the day. If I notice myself dysregulated, I'll take three minutes to regulate myself because that way my nervous system doesn't get to like a really, really high activation amount. And if it's slightly activated, it's pretty manageable and doable to bring it down. But in order to do that, I actually had to go through a lot of deep connection with my body. I actually had to practice sitting with my body and just noticing my sensations. And I've, I talk about this probably on every podcast, but that's kind of the basis for how I got to actually hear my body being like, I'm stressed, I'm nervous, I feel shut down, you know, whatever's going on, like... I could never 
find that, I could never hear that message if I wasn't connected to my body. So that was the first step is actually taking the time to sit with myself and notice what sensations I feel, what do they feel like, what color, what texture would I give them, and what am I sensing in my body, and just being present to it without judgment, without wanting to fix or change. And actually that simple, simple practice, which is sometimes not easy at all, but it's simple, that practice really taught me so much self-compassion, and it also taught me that healing is a journey because every single day when I would do this, when I would sit with myself, it would be completely different. So I highly recommend if you have zero connection to your body to start there. So I talked about one part. Now the second part of healing, which is really important, is your triggers. So learning to work with your triggers to me is one of the deepest, deepest avenues and initiations in your life into healing. Because when you're triggered, you know, just in your daily life, and if you've never even heard this term or you're not sure what it means to be triggered, it means that something happens and then you get really, really activated or you get really, really shut down really fast. And it's very charged. It's very intense. There's a lot of sensations in your body or there's an intense numbness. And if that happens, that means that something, someone, an event, a circumstance is showing you something from your past, a trauma from your past that is not processed. And this is your opportunity to tend to it and to really kindly move that emotion, feel that emotion, observe that emotion, express that emotion in your own space. So I'm not talking about yelling at someone. I'm talking about yelling in your own space or crying in your own space or whatever emotion you need to express, expressing in your own space. And that basically clears a little bit of that history that is living and alive in your body. So that piece is super huge. And again, I cover that more in depth in the masterclass. It's all about triggers. And so what do I do when I get triggered? Um, what I do is just to simply lay it out because the masterclass like really gives you like all the steps and blah, blah, blah. And then I also share my online course in there at a discounted rate, which is really amazing and literally walks you through in great detail all of the practices, all of the tools, all of the methodologies to move through triggers, which is one of my favorites. Because honestly, as you move through a trigger, that is the biggest growth, the biggest expansion that you could ever experience in your life. It truly is. So what I do when I notice a trigger, when I notice myself getting activated or I notice myself getting shut down, my first priority is to regulate my nervous system. So I will engage in a nervous system regulation practice. And those practices, essentially what they're all about is working with the charge in your body, working with the sensations in your body to bring them back into feeling safe. Because basically when you're triggered, it means you don't feel safe. You feel like the threat that you experienced in the moment when you underwent trauma in, in your past is happening now, even though it's not but your body perceives it. And that is a time for you to tell yourself, I am now safe. This, this trauma is over. This threat is done. But 
you can't say it in words. Like it doesn't work that way. It's in your body. So you have to work with your body with nervous system regulation to bring it back to safety. And just to mention some of my favorites, which I, I already have, but some of my favorites are the VU, pendulation, and the shh breath. But there are so many more, so many, so many, so many more. And again, you know, you can Google them. I share them in my course, which you can get through the masterclass. And they're just brilliant. They're brilliant to help you feel safe. So that's step number one. You get triggered and then you come back into safety and you're essentially telling your body, this threat is over. I'm okay now. I'm safe. And I am my own adult, right? I got me. Like I am in charge of me. Everything's okay. I can do this thing. I am no longer helpless. So that's really, really big because when we go through trauma, we feel helpless. And when you're able to have this process in your back pocket, it also helps you generally feel less helpless. It helps you know that you can walk yourself through to the other side at all times, no matter what happens. So that's the first step. And also remember that this process is really, truly a practice. So you might do it once and you're like, this is really, really hard. It is. It's hard. I'm not going to lie. That's why I call this episode courageous, because I truly believe that healing is incredibly courageous. Not all people want to heal, but all people can. So if you want to, you can. It just takes practice and dedication. And over time, the cool thing in this journey is that it becomes much less scary, intense, and requires less effort. So once you regulate your nervous system, the next step is to feel your emotions, to observe them in your body, and to express them. So whereas in the first step, we're working with sensations, in the second step, we work with emotions. So when we work with sensations in the first step, essentially, we are taking all of this intense, intense, intense survival energy that we really need when we are in under a threat, a lot of energy comes to our rescue, right? So when you are triggered, your body feels like you're under a threat, all of the survival energy comes up and you are able to transform it into safety, right? So that's why we work with sensations because sensations are our ways to work with our survival energy. And then in the next step, we work with all the emotions that came up when you experienced a trauma. And when you experience a trauma, emotions always come up, whether it's fear or sadness or rage, but we don't have the time and the space to work with them, right? We don't have, we're not going to like start crying if a thief comes. We're just going to fight the thief, right? Or run away. So now we make the space to be able to work with these emotions. And the most important thing that I can tell you is in order to access your emotions, especially for those of you who really struggle with emotions, and I know it's a lot of you because we are all very similar and you're attracted to my work because we're similar. If you struggle with your emotions, do not push yourself into this. And in general, all of these practices, it's super crucial that you don't push yourself, that you go at your own pace. And I know sometimes it's so frustrating, but I also want to tell you that the change will happen. And the slower you go, the faster the change happens. And the reason behind that is because 
if your body feels attacked when you feel an emotion, if you feel under threat and you're forcing yourself to feel an emotion, your body's going to resist even more. You have resistance and protection inside for a reason and it comes up for a reason. And so the more safe that we can feel, the more present, the more safe, the better when we are accessing an emotion because we're essentially telling that emotion, it's okay that you're here, I can feel you now, you know, it is safe to feel this. I am safe. It is this like full body experience of safety. So really keep this in mind when you are working with emotions. And again, working with emotions takes a lot of practice. It doesn't just happen, but it is very, very possible and doable with practice. So essentially, the next step around emotions is that you're going to just notice what emotion is in your body. You're going to just observe it. You know, for example, anger. Maybe you feel a certain heat. Maybe you feel a lot of energy move. Maybe you feel tingling. Um, maybe there's disgust. Maybe there's rage. Maybe there's pleasure. Sometimes pleasure and joy and excitement are very, very triggering for those of us who are not used to being with that for a long time. So just notice it. Notice it in your body. Notice the emotion. Notice what it feels like within your body and then expressing that emotion. So an expression is a movement, a sentence, or a sound. You know, it can be the words no. It can, it's a simple sentence, right? And a lot of times it's the sentence that you wanted to say when you experienced trauma and you never got to say, and now you're expressing that emotion through a sentence. It could be a scream, it could be a cry, it could be a yelp, it could be a certain movement with your body, throwing something, pushing the wall, hitting something, whatever it may be, all of this happens in your own space, in your own home, in your own container. Now, again, practice this. Practice this sequence over and over again until it feels right and good to you and you are able to move through it. And that is a beautiful, healing, courageous protocol that you can follow every time you get triggered and you're going to receive so many treasures from this. It's going to blow your mind. And just a few, just to mention like a few more practices that I don't know if I fully like went into that I really love. Um, breath work, three-part breath is really wonderful. And it's one of those things that for me personally was extremely triggering and difficult for a really long time until I regulated myself a lot. Like I did a lot, a lot, a lot of nervous system regulation and now I'm able to practice three-part breath with ease and, and pleasure and it really helps me get into my emotions. It's wonderful. And then I love Hilary Jacobs' handle. Her work on emotions is just brilliant, so definitely check her out. Um, I also really, really love... Mindful Self-Compassion, the work of Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer. It's really brilliant, especially if you feel like you are super judgy of yourself. It just really shifts things and a lot of it is very somatic. And then the last thing I would say is I really enjoy now sitting with pleasure and joy. And that is, you know, an emotion one of the emotions, but it's this practice that I have of just sitting with it and expanding my capacity to just feel it. And that's one of my healing practices. And I really, really love it. And it's helped me just enjoy my life more, you know, because 
on this healing journey, we can also tend to really focus on grief and rage and, and, you know, all those other emotions, but there's also pleasure and there's also expanding that capacity, which is really, really beautiful. So that's, that's kind of the system. That's kind of it. I hope that this podcast really gave you some ideas and a framework of how to heal on a daily basis, how to do this healing work and how to work through everything that arises for you when you're triggered. Um, Definitely check out the links below. I'm going to put all sorts of relevant links of ways to work with me right now. Um, And I love you. Please share this episode and what you kind of received from this episode. That would mean the whole world to me. And I'm sending you all my love and all my hugs. And I want to tell you that I'm so proud of you for doing this work because it's hard. It's hard work. It takes effort and it's also life-changing. And I feel so blessed and proud to know that there are people that are doing this, you know, alongside me. Even if I don't talk to you and I don't know you, I know you are out there. I know it because I see your comments on my Instagram and I I just know that there are beautiful, courageous, healing healing warriors in the world. So I am so grateful for you. And I will see you next time.